Will USC be able to manage the second half of their season as well as their 6-1 and one start? And what if USC has to settle for a bowl game at the end of the year? That's what's coming up next on Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are F-R-E-E. And as always, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. And if you have already, thank you so much. It's much appreciated. Without you, wasting my time. So thanks for coming along for the ride. And you can always follow me uh, on Twitter at Mark Culkin. And again, we are free wherever you download your podcast. This episode is also brought to you by Sling TV. Just reminding everybody, USC plays at Arizona in Tucson this Saturday, 4 o'clock kickoff. But if you're not going to be at the game, you're going to need to have the Pac-12 network. And guess what? Sling TV gives that to you. So uh, this episode of Locked on USC is being brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of, co- of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games that I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games that have all, that you'll have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for a price you love. Try it today. All right. So while you manage through all that, get your stuff all timed up so you can watch the USC game on Saturday. We're going to talk a little bit about time management. Lincoln Riley's time management. You know, we talked about the officiating and how that affected the outcome of the game versus Utah. And we definitely talked about USC's inability to uh, stop stop the Cameron Rising to Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid connection 16 out of 16 times. But... How much of that loss actually falls at the feet of Lincoln Riley and his clock management? We touched on this a little bit on a previous episode, but we really didn't dive too much into it. And because USC had football practice today on Monday and the media wasn't allowed to be there, um, we're going to touch on this rather than uh, what we saw or didn't see at football practice. Suffice it to say, the team is preparing for Arizona this Saturday. Um, But here's what we do know. Um, Last Saturday, going before the bye week, so two Saturdays ago now, um, Lincoln Riley kept all three of his timeouts down the stretch. And I'm going to assume he wanted to use those on offense. You know, he's an offensive-minded coach. So um, would a defensive-minded coach would he have had that same mindset or would he have used them um, at, at least one of them during that uh, Utah's last touchdown drive and the eventual two point conversion to take the lead? Um, you, you wonder um, would a defensive minded coach have used one or two of the timeouts? 
Um, even if you save one, you, you think with this offense, that's all you need, especially if you get a, a solid kick return, which uh, they did, and then they didn't. Um, so you, you wonder, you know, how did Lincoln Riley manage the clock to the best of his ability down the stretch that helped the team? Obviously, hindsight says no. Um, most people also agree uh, that he should have used those timeouts. He should have saved as much time as possible, uh, considering that Utah had scored pretty much every time they touched, had the ball in the second half. Um, and it looked like they were going to score again. So why not have as much time available for your own offense? Especially if all you're going to need is a field goal uh, to take the lead. Remember, um, Kyle Whittingham, he actually used a timeout on fourth and goal. And so it makes you wonder, you know, during that whole sequence leading up to that that series uh in the red zone, how much was the Utah crowd affecting Lincoln Riley and, and his decision making? Did it get into his head? Should one of his assistant coaches uh, been in his headset saying, "Hey, you know, coach, are you thinking about maybe using a timeout here at two minutes fifteen seconds, one minute forty five, whatever the scenario is"? Um, was that playing? Was that going on on the sideline in the headset? We'll never know. Uh, you know, Lincoln did talk about it after that game, saying he was playing with different different scenarios. Um, but, again, that's hindsight in the heat of the moment. We get to question how much did it affect the end of the game. And, obviously, had USC had more time, maybe their that offensive sequence towards the end of the game doesn't get rushed and looks so out of sync because uh, they actually kind of went backwards. We'll never know, right? Um, what we, I, I think what everyone will agree with is that clock management is one of the least appreciated aspects of being a head coach. Um, and that comes from experience. Lincoln Riley is relatively still a young head coach, not only age-wise chronologically, but he, he hasn't been a head coach that long. So that type of stuff comes with experience. And I'm going to hope, and I think everyone would agree, he's a, he's a quick learner. Everyone, uh, everyone would agree that Lincoln Riley is probably one of the top five head coaches in college football right now. You can make the argument one way or the other that there, maybe there's someone who can be ahead of him. But um, I, I think you could, a strong argument will be made that he's one of the top five um, when you take everything into consideration. And I consider Lincoln Riley, well, let me put it this way. I consider myself to walk a fine line between confidence and arrogance. Um, I've always said that I, I walk that line like a, like a drunk sailor walks the, the DUI line. Um, sometimes I step to the left where I'm arrogant. Sometimes I step to the right where I'm just confident. It's up to how people perceive it. And you wonder about, is Lincoln Riley... Does he walk that same line? Um, in other words, does his does he is he arrogant in a good way, knowing that he's got an offense that 
he knows or he has confidence in that can score at will, or you know, at the very least, get into field goal range. Um, Dennis Lynch was on the Trojan Live radio show Monday night, and he said that uh, he was clicking 55, 57-yard field goals up there at the altitude. So maybe that's what Lincoln Riley had in mind. Hey, I only need 45, 48 seconds, whatever it is, to get my offense in my offense into position to set up for a game-winning field goal. I don't want to be in that position again. I don't think Lincoln Riley wants his team to be in that position again. But if they are, I have a feeling, I feel safe that he will use one or more of those timeouts to give him, to give his team more time in the eventuality that, you know, the defense gets a sack or there's a penalty for a false start, whatever you want to have as much time in the bank as possible. You want to protect yourself, right? The other thing you want to do when you protect yourself is you want to use simply safe because as everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, simply safe always stays on top. And right now you can save big with simply safe home security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security system of 2022 by US News. I don't use it, but I know friends who do use it. I don't use it because I don't have a home. That's why. So, um, but they tell me they use it and they love Simply Safe um, because it gives them 24 7 professional monitoring with and Whenever there's a threat detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact them and they'll dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. That 24 7 professional monitoring costs under a dollar a day. That's kind of cool, right? That's less than half the cost of ADT's traditional professional installed plans. Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. They have HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. So don't miss this chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40%, <coughs> pardon me, get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college today. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few moments. That's simplysafe.com. Go today. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. So, uh, last week on one of our episodes, we talked about um, team goals, individual goals, and we, we we focused on the defensive side of the ball. This episode, we're going to focus on the offensive side of the ball, right? Why not? Where does the offense need to improve? Um, what does each position group, oh, excuse me, need to improve um, based on the available personnel? And I guess real quickly, we can talk about, you know, deep linebackers, Eric Gentry, Will he be available for Arizona? Lincoln Riley said he's day-to-day. That was after the game. We'll see. Back to the offense real quick. Um, Overall, the offense, I think they just need to be more consistent. 
Uh, they they seem to have they'll, they'll start really strong at the beginning of the game first three four five possessions touchdown 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 whatever that's great but in the second half they they lose a little bit I don't I don't know if they lose a little bit of the edge but that same schedule of just scoring 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 um it skips a beat they're not quite in sync and you got to give credit to the other team making some some adjustments so I think I want to see a little bit better second half offensive flow to match what they do in the first half on an overall basis. Um, and secondly, it, you know, especially with these next three games uh, at Arizona and then Cal homecoming at home, Colorado after that, let's build some big leads and get the backups playing some meaningful snaps in the second half of these games. I think that would play big dividends heading down the stretch because attrition is going to happen. It's going to take place. We're already starting to see it, right? Eric Gentry, Jordan Addison. We'll get to that here in a moment. So let's talk about each of the position groups. Um, quarterback, Caleb Williams. Just uh, it's really hard to nitpick right now because he is doing everything he can possibly do uh, to get this team to the promised land. So I will nitpick a little bit and say maybe a little quicker decision making. Um, and when I say that, it, it will lead to less negative plays. And that happens because he's trying to make something out of nothing sometimes. Um. Less is more. So instead of holding on the ball too long and running out of bounds on occasion, just throw the ball away. If the run, if if the big play isn't there, take the small play. If it's better just to pick up a couple yards running the ball, just pick up a couple yards, live to play another down. With once Caleb has mastered that, where he can just read the play as it happens and make it happen like that, um, this offense will be unstoppable. Because you can't, he is one of the hardest quarterbacks to to sack. He's already shown that. Now, if he doesn't put himself in a position um, as frequently as he has to where the defense can get a hand on him, watch out. Running backs. Uh, and I'm, I said running backs. Travis Dye is not going to make it through the season unless he gets some help from Austin Jones and Darwin Barlow and Rayleigh Brown blocking. Um, Travis has done an outstanding job so far. He is, you might want to, you could say he's the heart and soul of this offense. Um, just because of, you know, you look at his size and, and what he puts his body through. He's going to need some help down the stretch here. He's lasted through seven games, but uh, I, I would hate to have to see him have to continue that yeoman's role through these last five regular season games. That's a lot to ask for one running back. Um, as far as Rayleigh Brown, yeah, he definitely is. We know he needs to improve his blocking, but he also needs to trust the play that's called Follow the blocking. Stop trying to make every play a home run. It's not going to be there every time. But you can see it. He's getting ready to pop a big one. So 
With him, I think it's just a matter of trusting the guys in front of him, not trying to make his own hole. And then, again, I mentioned Austin Jones and Darwin Barlow, when they have their opportunities, just going to have to make the most of it. And uh, I, I can't even say ball security is an issue because USC has only turned the ball over one time all year. So that's something else. Just keep doing what you're doing there. Ball security for the offense. Keep it up, Caleb. No poor decisions. Throwing the ball in double, triple coverage. And everything will be just fine there. Wide receivers. So I said we were going to talk about Jordan Addison here in a moment. Let's just talk about it now. The group is going to have to step up. Um, I don't believe for a second what Lincoln Riley said, that his injury is day-to-day. We all saw how awkward he went down. It could be anywhere from a high ankle sprain to a to a knee twist, hyperextension. Um, from the booth, it looked like he got tackled like Bo Jackson did. I mean, that's how awkward it looked. And I thought, oh, gosh, he just tore his groin in half. When you look at the film, the replay, his ankle gets crushed, his knee is you know, his foot is locked in, that knee hyperextends a little bit, then gets rolled over. Look, he might have some great recuperative powers. He might have that Max Williams blood in him for all we know. I will be uber, uber surprised if he's playing at Arizona. Number one, he does we, you don't need to play him against Arizona. And that's not to disrespect the, the Wildcats. What it means is you have enough Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley and Coach Simmons and the wide receiver room. There's enough toys and to, to work with that you don't need to rush him back. You just don't. I mean, that was, that injury looked way more severe than day-to-day. And I think everybody knows that's Lincoln Riley's default answer when it comes to injuries. He's not going to tell you what it is. That's just his, uh, his philosophy on injury reports. Now, I was down on the field after the game. I saw how despondent Jordan looked. That might not mean anything. Um, I saw how he was moving. And I saw former Utah Ute and Carolina Panther NFL All-Pro Steve Smith giving Jordan Addison some words of encouragement. Whether that was, hey, you're... Whether or not he's done for the season, I don't know. I have zero inside information Zero intel. This is strictly my opinion based on what I was able to observe and watch and see. I'm not a doctor. It's just my opinion. I hope I'm wrong. However, that we might have seen Jordan Addison's last game in the regular season. This all depends on how far USC can go. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to play in the playoffs. But he, Jordan also anticipates being a high NFL draft pick. And if that injury was more severe than just a twisted ankle or a high ankle sprain, he might have to shut it down to get ready for the draft. This is me talking. I've heard nothing. I want to make that perfectly clear. So without Jordan Addison, though, you are going to need, you know, the rest of the group to step up. And look, there's plenty of guys ready to step up. Whether, um, you know, whether that's going to be Taj Washington, Brendan Rice, Kyron Hudson, who, uh, whose role has really increased these last few games. Will Josh follow? Will his, will his role increase? We know Mario Williams and Caleb have a great connection. And if you want to say there's a 
benefit out of Jordan Addison not being able to play due to injury. Defenses tend to kind of cheat and shade to whatever side of the field he was on. You might see more one-on-one, man-to-man type of uh, stuff against USC's wide receivers without Addison on the field. I, I can't imagine that hurts USC, right? We want Jordan back on the field as quickly as possible. Hopefully, I am completely wrong. I will be the first to admit I was wrong. But again, uh, that injury looked pretty severe. I Let's hope, knock on wood, that uh, Jordan has that Max Williams type of recovery power that he'll be playing uh, in a couple weeks. Again, I just don't think he, he needs to be out there this coming Saturday in Tucson. Plenty of wide receivers to work with. The offensive line, um, number one, stay healthy. Uh, hopefully this week off was a huge benefit. I know Lincoln and, and the staff love to have their physical practices Mondays and Tuesdays, and even a little bit into Wednesday. Um, but that's a group that can probably could have used the week off so their backups can uh, kind of get some run during practice as well. Uh, pass protection, though, is where they needed to improve in the second half of the season. Um, that was definitely their weakness when you're comparing it to their run blocking. Um, and it's also going to be interesting to see how that left tackle role continues. It kind of it kind of felt like Lincoln Riley had settled on Bobby Haskins there those last two or three games. If everybody's healthy, we'll see if uh, we go back to rotating. And whoever's practicing well, I guess, is going to get that starting nod. Again, Haskins and Bobby Haskins and Cortland Ford, those are the two who are fighting for the starters role. Uh, as I mentioned, run blocking, you guys just keep doing what you're doing and everything will be just fine. And I, I guess if we're going to nitpick the the offensive line and the offense, less penalties. A um, couple of offsides, uh, on the wide receivers, uh, false starts, holding, uh, offensive pass interference. Just clean up those little things, and once the offense plays all four quarters and the defense continues to do what they're doing and the special teams just be a part of the, you know, when called upon, do your role, do your job, I think uh, everyone's jobs will be, everyone will be doing their job and USC will be getting closer to that end goal, which is it going to be a is it going to be a bowl game? Is it going to be a or is it going to be a college football playoff berth? We don't know, not yet. What I do know is you should probably head on over to uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs these days, every new potential hire uh, can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So when you're over there, what you want to do is you're going to add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile so you can spread the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions that are going to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experiences 
so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. One word, locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All righty now. So I'm going to ask this question and don't throw anything. Just play along. Is the Rose Bowl now a consolation prize? I asked this uh, in my Monday morass question. Every Monday, I, I have a column on wersc.com. It's called my Monday morass. And I ask, what if? It's just kind of a mundane, you know, stuff that's floating around in my brain type of stuff. <clears throat> what if this type of stuff happened? Well, um, what if USC had to settle for the Rose Bowl this year? Would it feel like a consolation prize? Think about that. One year removed. USC is one year removed from four and eight. And we're talking about this as USC is potentially looking at a college football playoff berth. It's still out there. Right now, AP poll, they're ranked number 10. Uh, the first college football playoff poll comes out in a week. We'll see where they are there. Nevertheless, think about this. USC can be 12-1 and one at the end of the year, assuming they win out, they win the conference championship game as well. Um, and if they don't, if they're not one of the four teams selected for the playoffs, they're obviously going to go to the Rose Bowl. But it's going to feel like a consolation prize. It shouldn't, but it's going to. It's going to feel like 2008 all over again. For those of you who are around, who remember, USC lost on the road in Corvallis, 27-21. They had a chance to win this game in the end. They ran out of time. Um, they didn't win the game. But you think about it, USC had a chance to win this game on the road in Utah. They lost by one in 2022. There's some similarities there, right? So, like in 2008, instead of one of the greatest defenses that's ever played, um, for that would have ever played for a national championship, God, um, they ended up with the Rose Bowl trophy. And that team, it, it felt like a consolation prize. And that was during the BCS era. Today, you now have a playoff committee that they get to choose. So you don't have computers being a part of the process. You've actually got real people saying, all right, we got to make some hard decisions. We've got five power comp, five power five conferences. Redundant. Um, and you can only put four teams in the playoffs. So how do you keep a 12 and one USC? And you think about that Hollywood storyline that's behind this whole thing. Lincoln Riley, 4-8 and eight the year before. Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, transfer portal. I mean, just the storylines go on and on and on. Um, how do you keep USC out of the playoffs? But if they, 
there's a possibility that it could happen. If it does, I'm telling you, because I'm already feeling it a little bit. I shouldn't. Um, I come from the era where the Rose Bowl was where you wanted to be. It was more than just the game. It was it was an event. Everybody across the country looked forward to this game. Now, everybody looks forward to the playoffs. So if that feeling is, if some fans, myself included, are going to feel that way with a four-team playoff, how relevant and how important is the Rose Bowl going to, Rose Bowl going to feel when the playoffs expand to 12 teams? And that's going to happen by 2024. They say 2026, anticipate 2024. Because when USC and UCLA join the big conference, that's when the playoffs will expand. There's going to be too many teams competing for four spots. And you got Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. Follow the money. Too many teams in two conferences trying to get into four spots. You will have 12 teams. At that point, is the Rose Bowl just another bowl game? Does it become the Alamo Bowl? Of course not. It's still going to have a little bit of prestige, but it's not your it's not your father's Rose Bowl anymore. It's different. Sad, but that's the direction of college football. And it's only going to get worse as we as the NIL and more money and the TV and everything gets more involved. The transfer portal. It is what it is. So I hate to sound like such a downer, but I think I'm just sounding, I'm just trying to keep it real for everybody. You know what else? We'll be back for another episode because Locked On USC comes at you five days a week. But when you're done here, make sure uh, you head on over to wrsc.com. We still got that $10 subscription special. We'll get you all the way through August 31st of 2023 which is essentially gets you all the way through the end of fall camp next year. You get all that cool VIP stuff, which means my content, Eric McKinney, the musings from Chris Arledge, Inside the Trojan Huddle, uh, by the way, will be a very contentious uh, podcast this week, <coughs> hosted by Greg Katz. The recruiting scoop uh, from Scott Schrader. You want your recruiting information, head on over there. So until then, you know what to do, Trojan fans.